Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, joined by Mark Immelman. Mark, uh, first off, welcome in. Good to see you on a Friday. Yeah, um, uh, i got to tell you, if any Cowboys fans are watching this on YouTube, they're going to love where I'm staying. It's the Omni right next door to the practice facility for the Dallas Cowboys here. And all the glasses have got the Cowboys star on. It's on Cowboys Way. It's a pretty nice spot that's just about 20 miles from the golf course or so. As a Philadelphia Eagles fan, I think we should just like end, <laughs> we should just end this right now. I'm not sure this is going going all that well. Uh, Mark, you and I were actually talking backstage because Phil Mickelson uh, has officially withdrawn from uh, next week's PGA Championship. The PGA of America released a statement that says, "Quote: We have just been informed that Phil Mickelson has withdrawn from the PGA Championship. Phil is the defending champion and currently eligible to be a PGA Life member, and we would have welcomed him to participate. We wish Phil and Amy the very best and look forward to his return to golf. I said this was surprising. You said you've known all along, and you started to tell me why. And I said, wait, wait, wait. We'll just do it on the show. Tell me in five seconds. So this is that moment. Five seconds. I didn't think – I didn't know it for sure, but I had the sense in my heart. Um, and Phil can become a PGA Life member anyway, um, multiple winner of this event. Um, I just – Phil has got such a love affair with Augusta National and the Masters. And the fact that he didn't play there – that was telling for me. And I know he's the defending champion um, at the PGA Championship with last year at Kiowa Island was, to me, almost the swan song. I mean, it was the stuff of which dreams are made. And and I remember the weeks thereafter, we were at every event and Phil didn't play very well. And he goes, I don't care. I'm the PGA champion. And so the whole sequence of events to me is sort of, it's portended where Phil was mentally and emotionally. Now, we don't know what's happening behind the scenes there. But when he didn't play at Augusta National, I was like, that may be a harbinger of things to come. And I'm not so sure he's running ready to play um, the PGA Championship because as we talked on Tuesday night, if he did play and I said, well, uh, it's going to be more of a mental stress, an emotional stress for him to do the press conferences than anything else. So now he gets there. He hasn't practiced very much. The game isn't tournament sharp. He goes out and shoots 76 or something silly like that. And then you have to answer those questions anyway. And then you couple that with questions about the Live League. And that'll just get doubled down more and more. And it's almost like Phil would become a pinata. So so um, I, I think, uh, again, it was a sense that I'd had for the longest time that he wasn't going to play. Now, a lot of folks were hopeful. I was certainly hopeful that he would play because Phil is Phil is a draw no matter what he's saying or doing or whatever the case might be. So it's just it's disappointing certainly uh, for the event for the tournament. I think the history. I think the the last person defending champ to withdraw was Rory McIlroy, and it doesn't happen very often. McIlroy was injured, so this is not um, 
something that happens just every second year or so. So it, it's out of the ordinary, but still I had the sense that, that, that he would keep it under wraps for a little while and make his appearance where we're all thinking he's going to. Yeah, I, I'm actually now at the point where I, I just think it's sad. I mean, Mark, think back 12 months ago. Think yeah. about the state of golf, how everyone felt after the PGA Championship. I, I got a text from my aunt who has never texted me about golf in her ever. We've never even talked about golf ever. And she said, can you believe Phil Mickelson won? The, this <laughs> made, I was like, oh, my God, this is infiltrating everyone. It, it, there, it was such a high when Phil won the PGA Championship last year. And 12 months later, we're here. I, I, could, I could not even believe the whiplash. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you said it so well, and, and I'll just button that up a little bit with a couple of observations. Now, at events where I'm allowed a, a phone on the golf course, not Augusta National, basically everything else, <laughs> moments on the 18th green, I sometimes flip out my phone and I just hit record, and if it turns out great, it's awesome. If not, then at least I got the moment sort of saved. I've got Tiger Woods walking down the 18th fairway at Eastlake with a crowd swarming in behind him, if you remember that. And I followed him all the way down up to the winning putt. It's on my phone. Then I've got Rory knocking the uh, the winning putt in there at Eastlake as well, just because he'd also been through the doldrums some. And you could see when he walked past me just the relief that he had on his face. He still had to go and win. He didn't have a lead like Tiger. Uh, and so he knocked it off. And then last year at Kiwa. I was done. I had the, the penultimate group, and I was standing behind all the crowds in front of the Ocean Course Clubhouse. Slight rise so you could see over the fans. And you just saw the Atlantic Ocean on the right, the dunes and stuff, all the fans down the left-hand side, and then they were hugging the green. I mean, folks were basically two paces off the edge of the green. And Phil hit the shot, and the crowd went bananas when it hit the surface. Then to come down there, and I recorded this thing because it was a moment. And like you, it was sort of one of those fairy tales come true sort of summer. And it's amazing, you know, time they say is a great healer. In this case, time has, has gone in the other's direction. But we're all the sum total of the decisions we make. And Phil's decided to go the route that he's going. So now we obviously, we and he, are reaping the fruits thereof. So which is, it's sad in a way. But, you know, Phil's done what Phil thinks is good for Phil. So, you know, we, we, we can't critique him for that. Fascinating. Fascinating stuff. And I'm sure there is more that will come. And we have not heard the end of Phil Mickelson one way or another. Uh, we're going to turn our attention to the leaderboard at this week's AT&T Byron Nelson. We're going to talk about the odds. We're going to uh, see all the birdies that have been rolling in. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. And we're back, Mark. Well, my goodness, a day of scoring around TPC Craig Ranch. Sebastian Munoz on Thursday shot a 60. He followed that up with a Friday 69, three under par, and he remains the favorite, according to our friends over at Caesars Sportsbook. But I've got to admit here, Mark, uh, he's longer now than he was yesterday. He's four to one, and there's a lot of other guys that are much closer because David Skins, Ryan Palmer are also at 15 under with Sebastian Munoz, and we have some big names lurking like Jordan Spieth, Joaquin Neiman, and Hideki Matsuyama. So uh, even though despite all the birdies and all the eagles that were made on Friday, things are, are actually tightening at the top of the board. I love Sebastian, and the round he shot yesterday was mind-numbing. Um, and I was proud of the way he battled back today because he was over early. And and typically here in Texas, you see the winds freshen in the afternoon. But this golf course 
is essentially defenseless. The, the Bermuda rough is just thick enough that the ball actually perches up. So if you drive in the rough, you've got no real issue. Um, the greens are running at about 12 and a half in the morning. And then Ken Tackett, the rules official, was saying to me that with the humidity in the air, they're slowing at least a foot in the afternoon. So they're going to about 12, 11.8 or so. So you've got receptive greens that are running a bit slower. There's no fright factor. You've got no rough. The fairways are wide and the zoysia grass, the stuff sits up like T-ball. So it's open season for these guys. And the wind today, it, it wasn't anything like it was yesterday afternoon. So I was proud of him for battling back. But long-winded to say that um, two rounds in, two rounds to go, Look, he's playing great, and I think he does have the advantage of having gone to university just down the way at uh, uh, North Texas in Denton. So he's familiar with his golf course and familiar with the surroundings. So that's playing its way into his favor, but we're two rounds away, and there's a lot of golf going on, and we've seen uh, 60 yesterday. We've seen Ryan Palmer and a few guys go bananas today. It's open season for the guys out early in the morning. So if we get conditions where – you get the morning wave to just have a field day and then it freshens the wind in the afternoon and the greens get a little crispy and slower. I, I don't know. This thing's a long way from over. A long way from over, especially if Jordan Spieth has anything to say about it. 67, 65, that's good for 12 under par and three shots off the lead mark. And he would, if he could win, that would be back-to-back starts, something that Jordan Spieth has done before in his career. 2017, he won the Travelers Championship and the Open Championship in back-to-back starts. We're starting to get that good, swaggy version of Jordan Spieth again. Uh, yeah. Um, he made one comment to me that was telling. And he said after his round today that he is trying not to put too much pressure on himself, you know, with the home event and being an AT&T ambassador and all of those sorts of things. And look, he's a proud Texan and would love to win at an event where, remember, he sort of announced himself to the world as a 16-year-old at the TPC Four Seasons many moons ago. So uh, uh, the fact that he says he's trying to keep it low-key and just go and play a little golf, and if he gets going, great. Um, that sort of speaks a lot to how meaningful this event is to him. So you know, I look, everyone would love Jordan to be a part of the Sunday afternoon stuff. Uh, last time we were here last year, I had him in the final on the final day on a rainy day, and he was making a bit of a run and then ran out of holes. So I feel like tomorrow is crucial for Spieth because if he gets himself close enough, he's a closer. We've seen that out of him. And Frank Nobolo and I were doing our course reconnaissance this afternoon, and we were talking about how people – and Jordan's one of them. He was the guy that came to mind who – without their best stuff, will find a way to, to get themselves into contention. And then when they're in contention, find a way to get it done. Um, that win at the Travelers you spoke of, everyone forgets he had a low snap hook off the tee that hit the tree. It dropped down. He was outside of 230 yards, I think, from the par 4 18th, which is normally a driver and a wedge. He hits it in the bunker and then holds the bunker shot. And Daniel Berger then goes, look, this is what Jordan does. He's done this stuff since he was a kid. Because that's who he sort of is. Uh, the number he puts on the card is the lowest number he could have shot for the day. So if he can get out tomorrow, have himself a good day, clip into the leader's lead a little bit, get himself into the, the reckoning, he's the kind of guy that wants to finish stuff off. And I'm keen to see how the Texan fans would respond to that. Ugh, he's capable of willing his golf ball into yeah. 
the cup. I could talk about Joaquin Neiman, 12 under par, three back. I could talk about Justin Thomas, 10 under par, five shots back. There's a lot of guys in the mix here. The one I want to point out uh, before we get out of here, Mark, is, is Hideki Matsuyama. 67-66 on Thursday and Friday. That's good for 11 under. He's four shots off the lead. He has been, when healthy, one of the best players of the year. And if you go back to his last start of 2021 when he won the Zozo Championship. But that big asterisk there, when healthy. Good mm. to see Hideki seemingly playing well, looking fit, especially as we head into our second major championship of the year. Yeah, he made some swings today. I was out. I wasn't calling the golf. I was just having a look and driving around and watching. And uh, we made a point of watching him for a few holes. He was playing alongside Jason Day. So it was two individuals, uh, both Frank and I wanted to see, just get a close-up on, you know, with with Day making the comeback, the swing changes, showing good form, and Hideki the same sort of deal. And i got to tell you, the both of them look really, really good. And Hideki, the swing was well-timed because always – with that slight pause atop, his legs can sometimes outrun him, and that's where you get those sort of savvy one-handed follow-throughs you get out of a decky. But he just flushed some balls that cut through this wind pretty well. So, And he looks more relaxed on the greens to me too. And and I heard Munoz chat with a few folks afterwards. He goes, this thing is going to be a fiesta, and you've got to make birdies, and that means you've got to make putts. So they're all hitting it good if, if a decky does what he's doing and he stays relaxed and, and free-flowing on the greens – uh, I feel like he'll be a story on Sunday afternoon too. Well, it's going to be fireworks on moving day around TPC. Craig Ranch will be back after the final putt drops to break it all down. And of course, the same thing on Sunday. But for now, big thanks to producer Jacob. Does all the hard work behind the scenes. That right there, it's Mark Immelman. You can find him on Twitter at Mark underscore Immelman. And you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut and we'll catch you next time.